Because if we can, at least for me, release this idea that if I do everything, then that means I'm validated in some way. Welcome to the Soul Ascend podcast with your hosts, Meg and Jen. We're going to help you mega manifest and generate your soul's highest ascension in business, relationships, spirituality, money, and health. Welcome, and let's dive in. Hey, Meg. Hey, sister. What's going on? Well, I'm pretty excited and really ready for some powerful inspiration this morning. I know it's, um, it's such an honor to be with this guest that we have today. And I was just thinking back to all of the beautiful interviews that we've had with extraordinary men and women in business and getting to, uh, get inspired and nuggets of gold from, you know, their wisdom and their inspiration. And there was only one other guest that we've had on twice. Yeah. Tracy is the second person ever (laughs) to be invited back because it was such a beautiful interview. And I I always joke, it was like, we were in a trance. We were just mesmerized (laughs) by the beautiful Tracy. And I, I felt like every cell inside of me vibrate at a different level. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. Wow. <laughs> I want some of that. I want myself vibrating. You, you had some of that. I think that that sets us up for a lot of expectation. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, I'm so excited to be here with you, Tracy, for many reasons. Um, but personal reasons, because you, whether you know it or not, were such an integral part of my own transformation and shedding of a lot of past identities that actually plagued me and didn't serve me or the people that were around me. And I attribute a lot of that to you and your tools and the way that you have supported me in person and afar. And um, I think it's just a testament to the power of the work that you do and how it is not just in the moment, but the tools that I learned are for a lifetime. And so without further ado, I would love to introduce you to our audience, Tracy. This is um, Tracy Stanley, and she is, I don't, I don't really know how to quantify her in, in a phrase, but for me, she was a transformational piece of, you know, my coming to be who I am in this world. And she is a uh, author and a business owner, a yoga teacher and practitioner, and just a lovely human. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you. It's an honor to be back with you both. Yeah. So I would like to start the interview um, with something that I was really connected with. I know you have a beautiful new book out. I loved your last book, Radiant Rest. But I wanted to share this quote with our audience as we kind of dive in. And the quote that I'd like to share is, spiritual practices help us explore, weave, pray, and expand so that we may shake off the dust of being asleep to our power and ignite awareness of our inherent luminosity. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I... I wanted to share that 
up front because I think it would set the tone for this interview today because that it, it, it struck me and I took a picture of it immediately and I'm going to put it as my screensaver on my phone. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good screensaver. <laughs> so before we really dive in, I have some things to share, but I'd really love for you to share with our audience, you know what? what your work is in the world, Tracy, and how you really see yourself showing up for the people that you get to support. Yeah, the fact that you read that quote, I think is really timely um, because it weaves into the answer of the question that you just asked. Um, My work is varied. It takes many paths with many practices. But the core of it is that I want to remind people of their inherent luminosity and power, because that is something that the overculture wants us to forget. And when we're in that place of forgetting, we're in the place of being in a kind of sleepwalking to our life. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have a lot of different practices that I've practiced over the years that I have shared with people over the years. And those practices can include anything from rest to yoga nidra practices, to meditation, to nature practices, to connecting with ancestors, to self-inquiry. And I'm also a former Hollywood producer and I'm a business owner. So I understand what it means to be in the corporate world. I understand what it means to be a solopreneur. I understand what it feels like to want to be able to thrive and not only thrive in the way that is sustaining for myself, but also sustaining for my community. Mm -hmm. Tracy, I'd love to ask you a question because I, I hear this word a lot and I'm not sure our audience really understand exactly what it means for them. So what does luminosity mean to you? luminosity is a radiance that is its own self-sustaining source, Mm -hmm. meaning that it is not coming from an external source, right? So if we think about the luminosity of the moon, the moon is amazing, but it receives this luminosity from the sun. The reason why we see it is because of the reflection of the sun. If we think about ourselves as nature, that our true nature is really very related to the nature that we see and experience outside, that we actually have an internal sun within us. We have internal stars within us. And this is proven by science and also talked about for thousands of years in different yogic and spiritual practices that there is an inner universe within us. So if we think about this idea that there is this eternal sun that shines inside of us, it's said to be at the very center of the heart, deep inside a cave within a cave within a cave, right? That we are luminous. And there is nothing outside of us that is going to make us more luminous or less luminous. And the moment that we can get still enough and quiet enough to practice maybe just holding the truth, even if we don't quite believe it yet, we have a faith, a hope that there is this place inside of us that's luminous. Then we get to see all the glimpses 
of that luminosity reflected back to us. So that's how I think about luminosity. I think the yogic teachings also say that there's this place inside of us that is eternally brilliant and that it is something that was there before we had a name and will be there when we no longer have a body. But it is this place that is beyond all sorrow. So that means it's beyond all conditioning that whatever happened to you in life, whatever is happening to you, can't really affect that luminosity. And so when we touch into that, I feel like it gives us a different ground to kind of move from, as opposed to feeling as though we're always at a deficit, no matter what. Wow. Okay. I have a question for Jen now. Did you... Did you just feel your cells shift? Because I did. This is what I'm talking about. My cells feel, my cells feel luminous. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I love that perspective, Tracy. And I think, you know, for a lot of our listeners, we, we speak into spirituality a lot. However, we haven't been on our podcast for the past few releases. And I'd really love to invite this conversation into a little bit of how we can take that luminosity and that reframe and the shedding of that conditioning. And I like to call it performative, right? The performative masks that we all tend to wear and how we can use some, maybe some practices for our own self-inquiry and our own, um, you know, reclamation of our true selves and how we can bridge that and bring that in a more, honest way into the work that we do in the world, because I think that sometimes in this culture, you know, women are constantly comparing and they're trying to achieve some crazy goal that's kind of looming out there in the universe that we're supposed to perform into. And I think that because of that, we take this different road down business that sometimes isn't really aligned. And in order for us to be luminous, how can we bridge that with the spirituality so that we can actually step into our true work in our business? Is there some things you can share? Yeah, I love this question because this question relates to this idea of Dharma. And a lot of us may have heard this word Dharma. Um, Sometimes it is kind of translated as life's path, but it's also the truth of life. Like what is it? that is really bringing you alive? What is the path that is going to bring you the most joy, the most inspiration, the most expansion, right? And so if we think about this idea of Dharma, we really have to bring this into our work. Is our work life-affirming or does it feel exhausting? That's one way to kind of notice, am I doing something that's dharmic for me or am I doing something that would be called a dharmic, moving me away from dharma? And so there's this teaching in the Bhagavad Gita that basically says it is better to do your own dharma imperfectly than it is to do someone else's dharma perfectly, mm-hmm. right? And so we can translate that into modern talk, which is basically just because I'm good at doing something doesn't mean it's my dharma to do it. It doesn't mean that it's an alignment to do it. 
yes, I can do many spreadsheets. I can produce films. I can do all these different things. I have all these different skills that have been honed over years, but just because I can do it doesn't mean I should be. Mm. I would love to speak on that a little bit because Jen and I had this experience in our business where our roles within our company started interweaving because we've been in business for a while. So we're both capable of a lot of things, but I think our weakness in the beginning days was distinguishing her gifts and abilities from my own and separating the two because I found myself inadvertently taking on the role of Jen as the generator. I am not a Jen generator, general Jen generator. (laughs) I am. I have other strengths that shine in their own way. And she has separate strengths that shine in her own way. But because we were both capable of a lot of things and we both have a huge capacity, there was no different, there was no differentiation. Differentiation. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what I was trying to say. You're welcome. <laughs> this is why we work so well together. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out, Jen. I got you. So once we were able to pinpoint how we were essentially living each other's dharma mm-hmm. and separating that by tapping into our own dharma and leaning into that, that's when we felt a massive shift. And our clients did as well. And our team did as well. So I think applying what you just said into business and how we show up in our unique roles is extremely important because I know we're not alone. I think nine times out of 10 entrepreneurs, business owners are wearing all of these different hats and hats that don't fit the size of their head. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for saying the Dharma word. I haven't used that recently. And I'd like to start calling that word back in. It just resonates with me in a lot, a lot deeper way, but I'd like to add to that. Make it even go a little deeper. Maybe Tracy can support us here too. Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually just the tip of the iceberg of what self-inquiry has done for me. And I want to share this because I always talk about mechanism versus intention. And I think that Tracy, maybe you can support here, but what happened to me in my life is I was really good at fitness. I was really good at it. Right. Tracy, remember I was really good. at. I remember I do. I remember very vividly, (laughs) but after self-inquiry and working with you and, you know, using the tools that you gave me that I really worked on. I mean, I use them daily. I realized that just because I was really good at that, like you were saying, it didn't mean that it was my soul's calling. Mm-hmm. It didn't align with my essence and the, the possibilities that were available to me. But it wasn't until I sat in the void of uh, detaching myself from that identity that I'd carried for so long that I could clearly see that I had other gifts that if I watered, those seeds would grow and become something beautiful and bloom. But I had to take time to 
unattach myself to who I thought I should be in my business and utilize a different mechanism to create the same intention. It's the same intention of helping people, empowering women, standing for people, giving them a, a, you know, a better base to really live their life on. But now I use a different mechanism that is in alignment. And it wasn't until I took the time to be in the void, to do the self-inquiry, to become luminous, that I was able to see that. And so Tracy, maybe you can share with our audience some specific ways that they can be okay with being in the void to take time to rest, to receive, and to do the inquiry that will allow them to maybe shift the mechanism. So, hey, John, I know we have a lot going on, but what are you excited about right now? You know, what I'm most excited about is doing exactly what we did on May 20th, again, on September 23rd. What are you talking about? The live event like no other, the Women in Business Leadership Lounge. I have so much fun in each event and I feel like now that we have two under our belt, it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, we had a blast on May 20th and we're going to blow it out of the water on September 23rd. So I know a lot of you that are listening have probably been to a business event, a... networking event. I hate to say that because it feels like forced conversations and stuffy fluorescent lights in a conference room. And this is so not that. No, it's not. We do it in an edgy environment in downtown Boise at the Amsterdam Lounge, where we have a live DJ. We have champagne, wonderful catered food. And we also bring in local business women who showcase their products and services so that we can shop lots of shopping and you forgot to mention the red carpet photo entrance yeah i love getting dressed up how many outfit changes are we gonna have this event (laughs) well we might have to top the last one (laughs) i think we're gonna have a a constant stream of rent the runway outfits arriving at our door i love it so if y'all are listening and you're ready for a fun and connected event where You'll get to meet with other women in business and possibly collaborate with them in real time, but also learn from us in person as well as the other amazing speakers that we have, then you don't want to miss this. So if you'd like to join us, you can head over to our website at soulascendcoaching.com where you can grab your ticket. Yeah. And while you're there, check out some of our other resources that we have for you we have so many free gifts there to support you in integrating our methods of sales of making more money of staying connected and staying aligned through our collaboration formula on that site and you'll also get to see more about how we work with people in a more intimate setting so head on over and we can't wait to see you live in person in boise on september 23rd Yeah, so there's a lot there. And and what I would say is, which I, which, which I love from both of you, is that it's very easy to get caught up in an adharmic life. I really want to name this. Um, when you are focused on the competition, the comparison, and the needing to copy or the feeling that you need to copy what someone else is doing. 
especially if it's someone who you respect, right? Or you look up to. And that is the first thing that in business can take you out of alignment because it feels like, oh, this is the way that I need to beat the algorithm. This is the way I need to make my you know, website look or whatever it is, but it's not actually coming from source. It's not coming from within. It's not coming from your own creativity, your own wisdom, your own knowing. It's still coming from an external source. And I do think that it's very easy when you are people who have a lot of capacity that when you're in collaboration, you really have to, from the very beginning, get really clear on what is dharmic for me, what's not not dharmic for me. Mm-hmm. When I'm in business with my friends and, and dear co-leaders, I always say first up, it's not dharmic for me to do a spreadsheet. So if it's not dharmic for you to do a spreadsheet, we're going to have to hire someone to do these spreadsheets. <laughs> I don't ever want to look at another spreadsheet in my entire life. <laughs> right? So, th- so this is really important that we learn to communicate that we learn to pause, and this goes to what you were asking about the void, is that we learn to pause and sit with, is this life affirming? Does this feel exciting and inspiring? Or does this feel like something I'm dreading to do? So that I can really start to know what lights me up. Because if I'm lit up, when I go into a room, that is that light, that luminosity is transmitting, right? And it's it helps other people to maybe touch into something that is inspiring for them. So that would be the first thing that I would say. The second thing that I would say is that we have to recognize that we are not our personality, mm-hmm. right? The personality, if we go back to the etymology of this word personality, persona means mask. And it refers to the mask that actors used to wear in the theaters hundreds of years ago. And they would change these masks, obviously, depending on what play they were in. So when we're so attached to our personality and we don't ever pause once again to understand where do some of these things that we may see as gifts come from that are not serving us, This idea to have, and I'm going to just use this, Meg, as an example, a huge capacity, right? If I identify myself as, oh, I'm somebody who can, I can do it all. I have a lot of capacity. I don't mind doing your job and my job and this person's job. And then I wind up being exhausted, Mm -hmm. right? Then I actually take on this part of the personality that says, oh, I'm always tired. There's never enough time. There's never enough space to do this or to do that. And so when I pause and I say, oh, wait, this is not my personality. Can I do a practice? Because Jen, you asked for practices. Yes, please. And one of the, one of the practices is this practice of deliberation. In Sanskrit, it's known as vichara, where you deliberate on something until you find the source of it, Right. And so for something like that, I would maybe sit back and remember the very last time that I felt like, oh, I have this capacity. I can do everybody's job. 
And then I would just continue to trace that back until the very first time that I could remember feeling like I had the capacity to do everything. And the reason I'm using this as an example is because I can relate to this, right? I used to run a team of like 40 people. And a lot of times I would be like, oh, I'll just do this person's job because I can get it done faster. I know how to do, and it's I, it's going to be shorter for me to do it myself than to explain to them how to do it and to oversee that it gets done the right way. Crazy. Can we relate? The amount of times we've both said that would disgust anyone. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just, I love where this conversation is going because I, I want to highlight on your book in a minute, but- Tracy, I know you speak to rituals and what I know about personality and identity is that once we formulate in our head, what we think our personality and, or our identity is our rituals or our daily behaviors will want to affirm it every single day. So that, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and do it because I have a big capacity. That is a story that Jen and I both told ourselves a long time ago, because there was a moment in time where we thought we had to have a big capacity to survive in this. That's world. right. That's right. As a woman in business. And mm-hmm. to this day, I find that old pattern come up to the surface Mm-hmm. And you talked about performative, Jen, a lot. I think sometimes it can come off as performative because we want to continue to see progress in our business. So we're going to prove that we have a big capacity so that we can prove it not just to ourselves, but maybe sometimes to others as well to affirm who we are in our business. Yeah. And it goes, it can go deeper as well. Like, I'll just use myself as an example is at some point when I got down to that, like core desire to have this capacity, it really boiled down to things that happened in childhood of feeling like I needed to hold it all. I needed to be able to be really good at this and really good at that and hold all of this and hold all of that. So in some way, what I learned about myself, was that it was a way to be validated. It was a way to be the good girl. Oh, you have the capacity to do this and you're doing it so well. And yes, yes, yes. And then as I started to realize that, then I started to say, okay, first of all, this is not a one woman show. (laughs) Life is not a one woman show. How can I create more collaboration that has clear communication? How can I create more expansion for people that are in my circle? How can I release some of these things that are not dharmic for me and find the person who it is dharmic for, right? And now I have someone who works with me who loves doing spreadsheets. If I say I need a spreadsheet, she is like, oh, I can't wait. I love doing this. I'm like, (laughs) I don't get that, but okay, this is wonderful for you. And so I think that we have to look to see where do our motivations come from, right? Because if we can 
at least for me, release this idea that if I do everything, then that means I'm validated in some way. But as, and, and instead, if I do what I'm here to do on this earth, if I'm listening to my soul's calling and I'm doing my soul's calling really well, because that is my soul's calling. That's what I'm here to, on this planet to do right now. And I can farm all the other things out to other people who are doing their soul's calling and together we're all doing our soul's calling. Then everything that I'm doing is in right alignment. Mm -hmm. And when something comes in, that's not in alignment, we can feel it because we know what that vibration of being in flow feels like. Right. And so I think in business, it's really important because there are going to be bumps in the road where you're really going to have to answer hard questions about which way should I go left or right. And you really have to know if those choices are in alignment for you. And if you haven't been doing the practice of pausing to inquire, to sit with, to feel into what does it really feel like in my body? Your body's not going to lie to you. It might feel scary, but that doesn't mean that it's a no. It might just mean that it's scary to step into my power. And now I have to look at, okay, how can I, how can I just be with this idea of step? What does it mean for me to step into my power? That's a great question for anyone who's listening to answer for themselves. What does it truly mean to step into my power? And if I step into my power, are there relationships that I'm going to lose? Because there, we have to recognize that there are some people who are invested in you not being in your power. But what does it look like? What does my life look like if I'm fully in my power and just take five minutes to write it down, draw it, however it shows up for you? so that you can have that vision of what does it mean to be aligned? What does it mean to be in your power? What does it mean to be radiant? What does that life look and feel like for you so that you know it when you see it? So you recognize it when you just get a little glimmer of it and you can move in that direction. Wow. Yeah, I, I think it's, I'm going to be really transparent right now. Tracy, thank you for that. I think you are on this podcast today specifically for a reason, not only for our audience, but for Megan and I. And just to be really honest, we've been having a lot of these conversations recently about, you know, recalibrating and realigning and um, our dharma. And I'm going to start using that word again because it really aligns with me. And so I just think it's really timely that you're speaking to this. You're speaking not only to our audience, but you're speaking to us. So thank you. Um, it's never a mistake, right? It's never the it's never the wrong time. <laughs> it always comes when the universe is and source is ready to to share it. And um, I was ready to hear it today. And I think Megan was too. It's really funny because as you were talking, I kept hearing our future selves tell each other. Oh, that's not dharmic for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be our new word. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I, I love that you said that. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's really important for women to be able to communicate that. So now that we are in the space of, 
you know, now recognizing it and, and really claiming what it is that we need clearly to each other, um, I think is dharmic, right? And I think sometimes also, Tracy, what happens is we we feel into it and we we know that that is our dharma and we claimed it for ourselves, but there's this disconnect between us being able to use our voice through our heart, not through our head <laughs> and mm-hmm. speak out into the universe what we need in order to claim that for ourselves. And I think that there's a big disconnect from that, especially with women. Don't you think, Meg? Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking back to our first five years in business separately. And, and I just, I see a trend with women who are really trying to find their dharmic path in their initial years in their business, because there is so much noise and Mm -hmm. influence. And what I find, and I'd love to hear your perspective before we end. And again, I want to talk about your book, but as empaths, I think a lot of women in business are empaths in that they might be highly affected or influenced by somebody else's story or transformation or et cetera. And they take that on as their own. And they might think that they're, that is their dharmic path until they do the pause, until they step into the void. As you said, I know the void is a really beautiful place. It's scary sometimes, but I find that the void is where I'm able to tap deeper into my own self-expression and my own dharmic path in this world and in this business. And I think so often women miss the mark in their initial years. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we find our path however we're supposed to find our path. And in the me getting into action and getting feedback and learning and processing, it got me to where I am today. And I'm going to make more mistakes and be influenced and not sure if it's my path or someone else's path. But what I found is I had to go through the initial preliminary years to get that feedback of, oh, this actually does not feel luminous. This feels draining. This feels like somebody else's energy that I'm not ready to Mm -hmm. take on. And now here we are today. Yeah. What I hear you saying, Meg, is that it's not really in alignment or it wasn't in alignment for you to follow a linear path. And I think that a lot of times when you are entering the business world, not so much as a solopreneur, maybe because it feels like when you get into that solopreneurship uh, or collaboration with another person, it's a, sometimes can be post-career, like a first career, right? But when we go into that first career, most of the time we're going into a patriarchal structure, Right. Mm-hmm. We're going into a structure that is led by men, formed by men. And that way of thinking a lot of times is very linear and it's very concrete. Like this is how it's done. You go from A to B to C to D, and then you eventually get to here. And if we think about this reflection of this linear process, um, just with nature itself, Nature is not 
linear, right? Nature is cyclical. And so it's also nature is also intuitive. It's biodiverse. It has moments of amazing birth and blooming and then moments of death and fallowness. And none of that is inherent in the way most businesses are run. But yet we have these natural cycles within us. We talked about this idea that we're the universe that is inside of us is also outside of us. And there's never any um, kind of, uh, I want to say, just an honoring of that. Because when there's an honoring of that, there means that there needs to be a pause. So when you're in business, whatever that business might be, a lot of times what happens is there's something that comes up that really should be paused for a moment. And instead people just go straight ahead. They just go, they, we got to keep going. We got, we've seen this happen many times, right? It's like, let's just keep going in the same direction that we had planned because that's what we mapped out on the flow chart, right? No idea of the environment or anything else that might be happening. So I think that as empaths, the empath is intuitive. The empath is in flow. The empath is in flow with nature. And we're being separated a lot of times from that, depending on what kind of business we're in and how we go into that business. So I don't think a lot of times there's even any discussion of Dharma, right? There's no discussion of what is your true soul's calling. It's really what, here's the mission statement of the company. And that's your Dharma. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Whether it's really your Dharma or not your Dharma, that's your Dharma. That's what you're here for. So um, I love that you posed that question a little bit ago or, uh, or the statement that that's not dharmic for me because I think a lot of times we get lost in knowing what our soul's calling is, especially with all the noise. So it's a lot easier to first start to negate in a way to notice what is not dharmic for you and start to peel those layers and release those layers little by little. And then what will happen is eventually there will be a revealing of something that is much more in alignment, much more dharmic, much more in flow with your soul's calling because you have started to strip away what is not dharmic. And you have to be brave in this way. I remember years ago, I had spent a really long time studying something and I realized that oh, I just spent like $10,000 and five months studying for this certification that is not my dharma. This mm -hmm. is actually somebody else's dharma. Yeah. Like they took their dharma and they cr created a certification program and I just fell hook, hook, line and sinker into it. And a friend who had also been in that training set, called me and said, hey, let's teach this together. Like we both have our certifications. Let's do like a retreat. And I was like, this isn't dharmic for me. And she looked at me like I had 12 heads, but I was like, you know what? That was a very expensive lesson for me to learn not to do something in the linear way. Cause I think that this next certification or this next thing is going to be the way to be able to get to this 
you know, supposed whatever place in the hierarchy, but instead it's just not dharmic for me. My soul is calling me to do something else. It's not that this isn't helpful information and useful information and wisdom for me, but I need to follow my own dharma. And when I started to really lean into that and be okay with letting go of all the time and money that it might've been spent on something that was a dharmic, things started to flow in a much different way. Tracy, I can relate to this so much. This was me in grad school. Mm -hmm. I thought I had to follow a linear path to be quote unquote successful. And I spent six figures on a master's degree. And it wasn't until after graduation, I realized this is not my dharma. And I think we come across that a lot when we're working with clients where they say to us, oh, I think I need to invest in another degree or another certification so that I can be more attractive out there in the marketplace. And unless you have a very specialized, very specialized, like you're a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, nine times out of 10, our answer to them is, do you really need this degree? Because a lot of it does come from ego. So thank you for sharing that. I think mm -hmm. that might help a lot of listeners avoid six figures of unnecessary debt. Well, and time. Yeah. well yes. And this conversation of linear before we wrap up, I just want to touch on a little bit, you know, for me, Tracy, what happened with yoga was that it, it became very linear for me. Mm -hmm. I just have to share this real fast because it became very linear for me. And yoga started becoming even performative instead of spiritual. And when I look at what we're talking about is linear, and I noticed you said earlier, do I have to go left or do I have to go right? And I, and envision in my mind is that, you know, we give people this ladder, like metaphorically to the ladder to success. It's very linear, right? Mm -hmm. One rung at a time, you just keep on going up. And when I'm looking at choices and mechanisms and possibilities, for getting out of the non-linear, I look at that as like a, a cargo net, right? Where there's all these different handles you can grab and you can pull and you can, and it contracts and it moves with you. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I'm looking at possibilities to create the intention that I want in the world, instead of looking at it as linear, like I used to with yoga, <laughs> it's not just vinyasa yoga. I can do yen yoga and be great, right? But when I'm looking at things of, creating the intention and using a mechanism that's fluid and movement based, right? It always works for me in the way that is best for the greater good. And I think that for women in business, if we can take that and not think of it left or right, up or down, but it can be circular and cyclical, like you said, and looking at that path is not a ladder, but as a cargo net, and you can kind of move and pull it to where you feel best. And so mm -hmm. I just wanted to follow that up with mm -hmm. that analogy because it's helped me since working with you reframe that in my life and in my business. And I think that's a powerful tool for women. I love that. Yeah. I love the cargo net. And I, I think that if any of us were to, to create a, a little drawing of where we went, how we got to where we are, it's not linear. It's not linear, right? Because there's all these different 
oh, I went down this little alley and then I came back and then I met this person and we had this journey and then I went through here. It's not linear. Mm -hmm. The the best thing that we can do, and I love the cargo net analogy, is to really think about the system of a forest and how so many things are connected in the forest and so many trees are feeding each other, right? It's like, there's a community of, of intersections that have happened in our lives to create, it could just be one conversation that turns us into another direction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I love the, the, the cargo net and I, and I just feel into like being able to pull the ropes. So it's great. It's great. For my military dad. So that's it's <laughs> <laughs> being around a lot of cargo nets and being on cargo nets and planes in my life. That's where I came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Tracy, as we begin to wrap up, I know our listeners are dying to hear more about what you're up to. And I know you have this beautiful book that you're presenting out there into the world. So would you mind sharing a little bit more about it? Yeah. So my, my next book that's coming out October 10th is called The Luminous Self, Sacred Yogic Practices and Rituals to Remember Who You Really Are. And what I can really just say about the book is that there are many practices that help you in the unveiling of your true self. There are many practices that help you to remember things that you might've forgotten a long time ago. There are questions in the book like, what are the three lessons you're tired of learning, right? And why do we keep learning them? And how can we create an antidote to empower us not to learn them anymore? Mm-hmm. So there's practices around impermanence, there's practices of mind mapping, and they're all underpinned with stories from my life to kind of be able to show how these philosophies work in real life. Because these are philosophies that have been were written a lot of the practices thousands and thousands of years ago, but they still apply to our lives today. So that's the luminous self. It's my prayer for everyone to be able to touch that place within them that's powerful, that's always at rest, that's always brilliant, and that's what my latest offering is right now. And I, I I think I saw something that you have, and I'm really excited to read it. I can't wait to read it. Um but I believe you have a free book club. Tracy, did I see that, that you're hosting? And I can't wait to be a part of that, by the way. <laughs> I can't wait for you to be a part of it either. Yeah, the, thank you for mentioning the free book club. So when you purchase a copy of the book in the pre-order, um, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but if you purchase it before October 9th, um, you can just go to my website and enter your order number and you will have a seat uh, for the four-week uh, book club where we'll take deep dives in community with the practices. And it's one of my favorite things to do, uh, to, is to host sacred space. So I, I look forward to seeing you there. I'll be there. I will be there. Yeah. (laughs) And this is the thing for anyone listening. Um, I don't say this lightly and this is just complete transparency. If you have the opportunity to be in Tracy's energy or receive her teachings and wisdom and you're on the fence, I am, I am begging you 
that you need to take this opportunity to be in her space, to be in her teachings and her knowledge, because it will literally transform your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm a testament to that. And I appreciate everything that you've been and continue to be for me, whether you know it or not, you're always with me. And I know that if you are in her energy and take advantage of this offering for her, she will continue to be with you as well. So that is my prayer for the audience is that, is that they dive in with you and, and get to, to learn from you. Oh, thank you so much. It means so much to me. You mean so much to us. I think that's our soul assignment. I think that is our soul assignment. Everyone Mm -hmm. go and grab a pre-order copy of Tracy's book and commit to four weeks of transformation and see what happens in your life when you ask the questions that really will create luminosity for you. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. Did you love this episode? If so, we want to hear from you. And we love reviews. We love five-star reviews, and we also love to connect with our audience. You can find us on Instagram at Coaching, or you can connect with us at soulascendcoaching.com.